Listening to KHNC 1360 AM. This is Shepard, the Voluntarist, and you are listening to the Let's Think Show. Let's Think Show.com. Welcome. And our topic today is rights. We are going to talk about rights. And we've heard of rights, and, and we just kind of take it for granted. Yeah, you don't have the right to do that to me or. Or that ain't right. And well, what do we mean? So, and of course, one meaning of the word is right as in right or wrong, but that's not the that's not the meaning we're talking about today. We're we're talking about this concept of something being acceptable or unacceptable and generally understood by a lot of people. That's that's how I understand a right to be, just kind of a, a rough definition. I thought we would start with the the rights that we are most familiar with in the the jurisdiction that's run by the United States uh, right now. We're common. We're commonly made aware of the the Bill of Rights. This thing called the Bill of Rights, and there are ten of them, and uh, they are amendments to the Constitution, and and they were. Uh, they came about in 1791, and, and there were good guys and bad guys putting them together. I think people with good intent and bad intent. Maybe they all had good intent, but some of them were just kind of wacko, loved central authority, central governments, people like Madison. Um, and then there were others that that wanted freedom and, and, and such. So I, I thought we would begin by just looking at a few of the rights— uh, protections that are guaranteed uh, in the Bill of Rights, and and then we'll move on to philosophy from something that's much more narrow, which is one particular government at one moment in time that wrote one set of rules uh, that <laughs> they're saying, basically, we're going to be your master, but we won't beat you too hard. And, and these are the rules that we will hold ourselves to so that we don't beat you too hard. <clears throat> It's in essence what they said. So what is the First Amendment? The First Amendment is the freedom of, of speech and press and religion and assembly and, and to petition the government. Uh, it, can you imagine that that was even necessary? There were some people that were saying, hey, how is a bad government going to pull something over on us? Uh, and so the, the what, petitioning the government, can you imagine living in a world where you couldn't even write a letter of complaint, and writing a letter of complaint or signing a petition, I know that that's not a useful thing to do with your time, but it's at least nice to be able to fool ourselves and bang our head against the brick wall thinking we're doing something. Uh, look at the freedom of speech and of the press. Uh, can you imagine living in a world where you couldn't say what you wanted to say? You couldn't get points across that you would be stopped from that. And of course, that's being done now, but it's not by the government. And this, these rights are things that the government says that they're, they're making the rules for themselves. They're not going to keep other parties from uh, violating these rights of ours, but they, they just say they won't do it themselves. And actually, at the end of the show today, for the last segment, I am going to read an article from someone who is definitely being censored. Uh, it has to do with COVID-19 deaths and such. Uh, so make sure you stick around for that at the end of the show. 
this person definitely is having their freedom of speech and and uh, it's actually even a freedom of press issue as well. However, it's all internally controlled, which is a different thing. So the government can give us a right. But then if they can train everybody to control themselves <laughs> so they don't have to control them. Yeah, that's kind of a that's a neat gig, huh? If you can get people to go for that, that's a really neat gig. If you can make sure that nobody wants to speak out against the the common narrative, well, then that First Amendment stuff, you've kind of circumvented it, haven't you? Another right that uh, governments have given, this particular one was a, a right that the United States uh, government gave. You know, it's not really giving a right. It's essentially saying... You know, we're promising to protect this natural right of yours. But that's their right to bear arms, to keep and bear arms. And, you know, thank goodness that the United States government hasn't done anything to hurt that right. Because uh, in some places in the world, believe it or not, if you, you're not allowed to have whatever kind of gun you want, you can't have whatever length of barrel you want and fully auto. Like, you have to have special permits and permissions in some countries that aren't free countries, you can't go out and buy a short-barreled, full-auto rifle if you're a, a felon because you forged a check 30 years ago. You you wouldn't be allowed to do that in many countries. Only in free countries do you have a right to bear arms. Uh, do you have somebody protecting that right to bear arms? The Third Amendment, <laughs> I, I've I heard people joking before and saying, you know, whatever you can say of all the other ones— I'm really proud of the government for never having violated my Third Amendment rights. What is that? That's uh, protection against housing soldiers in civilian homes. So we're going to skip over that one. Uh, fourth is the right to uh, not have the cops go through your stuff without a good reason and, and seize your stuff. Uh, in some countries, there are things called uh, civil forfeit uh, laws. And so essentially, if you do something that is against the, the rules— the government doesn't have to go through a trial and all of that. They can just take your stuff. Uh, and, and I'm not well-versed in all the countries, but there are probably places, I'm guessing Soviet Union was like this, maybe China, Venezuela, that if they, if you're cooking meth in those countries and you're driving to the store uh, and you happen to have some meth with you and you're a meth salesperson or manufacturer, they can, the government will steal your car from you, even though the car had nothing to do with it, really. They'll steal it from you. So the Fourth Amendment is a, a thing in the United States to make sure that nothing like that happens and to, to help keep the keep us secure in our stuff and in our belongings and in and, and our person, make sure that we're not arrested without a good reason. Uh, the Fifth Amendment... This is uh, self-incrimination. This is uh, your Fifth Amendment rights. Don't you're not, you're not forced to say something that will get you in trouble. Uh, no double jeopardy. It also has to do with property seizure and and trial without indictment. Uh, Fifth Amendment rights. This is this is something that uh, yeah, some people, depending on your lifestyle, this can be pretty important. Uh, and it is nice that. If you're arrested for something, you're not going to be tortured and beaten and forced to say, yeah, I did it. Uh, so that's that's a nice touch that, that that doesn't happen. 
Sixth of the Bill of Rights is the right to a speedy trial, being informed of the charges made against you, right to be confronted by witnesses, and you can call your own witnesses, and you get to have an attorney. Uh, without somebody recognizing that you had those rights, uh, then all of those things might not happen. If you were suspected of something, uh, they could say, yeah, we'll, we'll deal with it, but you're going to be in jail for a year before it even goes to court. If these things were not in, in effect, uh, they'd be, you know, they drag it on and on and they'd say, well, we're going to have a hearing to decide what evidence is allowed. And then we'll have this hearing and this hearing. And then you don't really get to the meat of it. You don't get a resolution for sometimes six months, a year, sometimes even more uh, in countries that don't have a good bill of rights. Uh, this idea of being able to call your own witnesses and being confronted by them. Imagine if you couldn't do that. Imagine if uh, you didn't even have to know who they were. You didn't have to know what you were charged. You say, hey, you messed up and somebody said something you did bad. And no, you don't get to have an attorney. And that would be pretty, pretty messy and nasty. So that's a right that many of us appreciate. Uh, the Seventh Amendment is, you know, kind of sticking with that whole thing of getting arrested and going to court and such. Uh, right to trial by jury. Uh, so you're going to be having a, a jury of your peers, people that had roughly the same upbringing and the same economic level. And, you know, you're not going to have uh, if you have a, a jury that's like you, people that are, are similar to you, you're not going to have uh, wealthy people trying poor people or poor people trying uh, wealthy people. It's going to be consistent across the board. So everybody really understands what's going on. Uh, right to trial by jury would include the the concept and this came later but th that it's uh it's the jury's job not to say yes you violated this law or not but hey is it really wrong what this person did and you kind of have to try the law also uh that's a pretty basic part of of juries and of course that doesn't exist in countries that aren't free the Eighth Amendment, this is a protection against excessive bail, excessive fines, cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, in some places, the law enforcement officers, the uh, the people in the prisoners that are being held for a long time, they'll be beaten up and uh, just treated very poorly in prison. It's not like in a free country where... There are very few people in prison. You try to keep people out. And the few people that are in prison uh, are treated with respect. Maybe not respect. You don't respect them. They're in there for doing something that was, you know, inappropriate as far as the government's concerned. But at least they're not going to be beaten. They'll get nutritious food and they'll be able to be productive and, and all that kind of stuff. Ninth Amendment. Uh, the rights granted to the Constitution shall not infringe on other rights. So that's kind of a good uh all-encompassing thing. And then the tenth is that any powers uh, that are not granted to the federal government uh, in the Constitution, they have to be in the Constitution, granted to the federals, federal folks, uh, they belong to the, the states or the people. And, and so if it didn't say it outright, then eh, it's, it's a smaller level of government that's going to going to be your master on that. So that was just kind of a quick overview of the Bill of Rights. And uh, we're going to talk more about rights when we come back. And we'll get into negative rights, positive rights, whether or not rights even exist. And we'll have lots of fun with that. I look forward to seeing you back here after the break.
We are taught as children that obedience to authority is a virtue and that doing as you're told makes you a good person. And all of the worst tyrannies in history depended upon people believing that. In reality, being moral means following your conscience and doing the right thing even when authority tells you not to. 